0: To the program the start of a brand new week right here on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney or on the SEN app it's the 19th of February hope you had a great weekend weather for Sydney today showers and possible storms around tops of 27 the week ahead looks a bit sort of uh, wet for pretty much every day few showers around all the way up until Saturday at varying degrees throughout the week this morning, our Monday morning snap judgments are back. So a bit of a Q&A as we do every Monday morning when the footy season gets underway. And we want to know what are the burning questions from the weekend. Thanks to Snap Fitness for the feeling. So I'll pose some, but you'll have plenty. Perhaps you've got questions and answers. Let me know this morning. You know the deal. It's a two-way street. 0457 736 736 on the text line or one one 1170 on that open line. Pick up the phone. Give us a call this morning. We'll also talk cricket. Of course, the focus for the men turns to New Zealand now, the first T20 international on Wednesday over there in New Zealand. This is going to be a big shift for us and for the Kiwis. And what about the performance from our Australian women's team in the test against South Africa? Wrapped it up early in Perth at the WACA. A lot of the Girls quickly uh, shifted their focus to go to India and go to the Women's Premier League over there. In fact, I was told this morning that some of the teams in the Premier League jumped on the phone straight away to ask some of their players to get earlier flights and come over straight away. But some of the players decided, nah, I might stick around Perth for a day or run home and drop some bags and then get going. Plus, we've got India's big win over England as well. Well, the first question right there and cricket terms. Is baseball dead? We can discuss that this morning. Tim Manor will join me to re- week one of the pre-season challenge and of course the All-Stars match which we'll get to in just a sec. Alex Demonor has gone down to Yannick Sinner in the final of the Rotterdam event in tennis and Brett Phillips will be along with that. Alex Demonor will be number nine now so he moves inside of the top ten and Sinner who is on a roll and a half will go up to number three. He'll become the highest ever ranked Italian men's tennis player. He's won 15 straight tour matches now and won 32 out of his last 34, losing only to Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic. So, Demonor goes down to a man is hot to trot. And we'll recap UFC 298. Nico Pajarillo from Main Event will join me from LA. Alex Volkanovski loses his bout. Rob Whittaker wins his bout so we'll find out what all that's about and what the future holds for both the uh, both the Volk and Rob Whitaker as well if you caught any of that across the weekend let me know your thoughts this morning what did you make of the Bathurst 12 hour some chaos and carnage at Mount Panorama and some big big names as well which means we now count down until the start of the supercar season this weekend at Mount Panorama too much is never enough up there the Bathurst 500. And by the way, NASCAR has been delayed until tomorrow morning at Daytona, so it'll be a 3 o'clock start our time, Sydney time, tomorrow morning, and Shane Van Gisbergen will be starting from 5th on the grid. Golf, a quick update for you at the Genesis Invitational. Hideki Matsuyama is on the tear here in the final round, and he has moved to the outright lead. He's now 16 under for the tournament, eight under for the day. And he is one shot clear of Will Zalatoris. And then there's a couple Luke List and Patrick Cantlay at 14 under. Matsuyama on his back nine has birdied the 10th, 11th, 12th, then gone par, par. He's birdied 15. He's birdied 16. 17 he's on right now, which is the par five. And then the closing hole is the par four. So... Hideki Matsuyama is absolutely tearing it up in the final round of the Genesis Invitational. Jason Day is in a tie for ninth at the moment. He's plus one for the day, so he's just dropped a shot uh, on the 12th. So he is back in a tie for ninth at nine under the card. So I'll keep you across that this morning. But let's get into our snap judgments from the weekend. Snap Fitness got you covered. You can visit your local Snap Fitness to find out more Or just go to snapfitness.com.au. As you know, the Indigenous All-Stars beat the Maori All-Stars 22 points to 14. It's a wonderful spectacle. It's a great representation of cultures. And it's a fantastic feature, I think, of the rugby league season. It could stand out even more, I reckon. But, of course, there's so much coming our way. And then we had the first of the pre-season challenge matches. So the Bulldogs defeat the Storm. The Knights hammered the Sharks 44-18. Do the scores matter in your opinion here? The Roosters 36-22 over Seagulls. The Raiders had a win over the Eels 38-16. Rabbitohs 28-6 in the Charity Shield. The West Tigers, I'll get to that soon, by two points against the Warriors. The Broncos put the hammer down at the back end of their match against the Cowboys. And the final match last night, the Dolphins defeated the Titans 26 points to 14. But our burning questions this morning. Let's start with the Jacob Gagai situation. Cleared for Las Vegas, but not everyone's happy about this. So Jacob Gagai was taken out of the All-Stars match to prepare for the Bunnies match in Vegas. It would have been his first All-Stars appearance alongside his brother Dane for the Murray team. And we spoke to Dane last week as all this was happening. He was thankful that his brother was going to make his NRL debut but he was disappointed obviously because Dane Gagai essentially said look I'll I'll play in this all-stars match so I can play alongside my brother now originally South's feared that Jacob Gagai wouldn't be allowed to play in round one because he had a suspension hanging over from last year that the New South Wales rugby league deemed he hadn't served by missing the all-stars match which you'd say He didn't play in the All-Stars match, therefore he hadn't served the suspension. But the NRL came over the top and cleared him to play. So there's some common sense in all of this, but there's a burning question in all of this as well that we continue to ask. How do you serve a suspension in a match you don't play in? Riddle me that one, Batman. Just answer me that. How do you serve a suspension in a match you don't play in? There's a lot more to then take into consideration and we understand that. But when you can't give me a straightforward answer to that question, then there's your starting point. So the Roosters want the same rule applied for Jared Wairia Hargreaves. Canberra want the same rule applied for Sebastian Chris. They're all different scenarios, but they all come down to the same burning question. How do you serve a suspension in a match you don't play in? And therefore... If there's no reasonable answer to that, which there's not, should the NRL just make a blanket rule? Just make a blanket rule. It's yes or no for everyone. From now on, you have to serve a suspension by playing the match. If you don't, you don't serve the suspension. Full stop, no questions asked, move on. There it is, black and white. Now this one, there's a little bit more to it, like we say, and a few of the moving parts. And you've got to, actually give credit to the club to try and move as many pieces of the puzzle you reckon to get their player to play in round one but the NRL leaves itself a little bit short in this one because they're trying to play both sides depending on which argument is coming at them so that's my first burning question this morning do you want to see a blanket rule here are you okay with that Case by case process, or do you think we should just make it really, really crystal crystal clear? Oh four five seven, seven three six seven three six. Then we get to the Roosters and the uh, Manly game. So out of this, two players are not going to Vegas. The Roosters won thirty six twenty two, but Dom Young's out after being hospitalised by that crusher tackle, which was a shocker, and it's now cost Toff Sipley a three match ban. Now, I don't think anyone can argue with all of that. There's weight added to his penalty because of a tackle last April. So, Sipley misses the Vegas trip of his own doing. Young misses the Vegas trip of something out of his control. So, we have two players ruled out for Vegas of the one match. And like I say, one through no fault of his own. It makes you wonder whether the round one Vegas teams perhaps could have being stood aside from the pre-season matches now you can't you can't budget for this kind of stuff because well you kind of have to budget something's going to come up but imagine if you're the coaches here and you want your players to be there in round one and the NRL wants its players to be there in round one so should they sit them out because this is a different scenario to what we have faced ever we've had the the four teams that are playing in Vegas in round one, playing in the preseason challenge up against each other. And of course, you want to pick and choose who you play. And even if you had a scrimmage, you might get an accident out of it. So we've got two players ruled out of Vegas, one through no fault of his own. Maybe do we think left field? Is this something now that we look at for 2025? Should the round one Vegas teams be stood aside from the preseason matches? I think keep playing them. I think they've got to keep playing. The interesting thing is that you've got Penrith, of course, at the World Club Challenge. Don't need to take part in the pre-season matches, but they're over there taking part in their own match. So I think keep playing them, but it makes you wonder what kind of teams we're going to see in the future for the teams that are heading off to round one of Vegas. Benji Marshall's off to a winning start at the West Tigers. The official era begins with a win over the Warriors and of course Aiden Caesar and Jaden Sullivan with the Tigers halves pairings not to mention the return of RTS Roger Tuivasa-Sheck first rugby league game in 31 months so Tigers fans burning question here snap judgment on this monday morning tell me did you see enough to get the bottom get off the bottom of the ladder this year have you seen enough in just what you saw yesterday is Aiden Caesar the key here for The West Tigers and Benji Marshall, they'll be trying to put a lid on it, obviously. And we have to take pre-season challenge for what it is. But let me know your thoughts this morning. The Knights with a big win over the Sharks. Meanwhile, Newcastle's halves pairing is not any clearer. But Jack Cogger was very, very good. And Tyson Gamble both played alongside Jackson Hastings in their 44-18 win over the Sharks. So Newcastle fans, your burning question, who's your six and seven? Who's your 6-7 and seven for 2024? And Sharks fans, what did you take out of that? Are you worried? You're not worried? You have a look at the team lineup. Let me know your thoughts. one one 1170 And Ryan Pappenhausen has made a pretty stunning debut in one half of footy for the Storm in their loss to the Bulldogs. So Papp's back, plays the first half only, scores a try in the 39th minute, gets through unscathed, looks fine. Bronson Sherry, meanwhile, scored a try for the Bulldogs in his return from that four-year doping ban. Ended up with 161 run metres. The Doggies won 24-12. They pick up the bonus points as well along the way. But here's a burning question. Do you reckon the Storm could be specials for round one? They're playing Penrith who are $1.65 favourites with the bookies, Gamble, responsibly. Storm, $2.24 at the moment. But Paps is back. The match is at Amy Park. The Panthers, of course, on the other side of the world, have to travel back after the World Club Challenge. The Storm with their round one match-winning record under Craig Bellamy. So do you think the Storm might be specials here in round one? Or... Are you prepared to go with the bookies at the moment and keep Penrith on top of the list as favourites? So some of the burning questions this morning, and I'm happy to take yours and discuss them further on 1300 01 1170. So we'll cover all of our sport. And there is that one other story this morning that you've probably seen if you've grabbed the newspapers this morning or gone online about the equestrian rider in a mankini. I mean, would you have picked that one, folks? (laughs) If I said to you, come up with a with a weird a weird headline from the weekend and you said, Matty, equestrian rider in a mankini, I'd say, yep, thank you very much. I'll shut it down there. But this is a real story. Shane Rose, three-time Olympian, stood down for wearing a mankini at a fancy dress event at the Wallaby Hill Extravaganza, which is in the Southern Highlands. So Shane Rose is no mug. He's 50 years of age. He's a three-time not only three-time Olympian, but three-time medalist. Silver in Beijing and Tokyo, bronze in Rio. He's got three horses qualified for Paris. But they had a fancy dress, and if you haven't seen the photos, not hard to find. They had a fancy dress event, and Shane decided to wear a mankini and then went out on his horse and did all that kind of stuff. However, somebody complained. I don't know how many, but somebody complained, and therefore Equestrian Australia has an obligation to go and address the concerns and review the matter. So they've stood him down from competition. They've said in a statement that Shane has not been suspended or sanctioned, but he has been stood down for several days while the review is carried out. Doesn't affect his ability to train or participate in the sport. He said, oh, sorry, sorry, shouldn't have done it. So, and and please just let me get on with it. (laughs) Let me know your thoughts about this one. First of all, who complained? Look, there were children at this event, so if somebody thought it was inappropriate that a fifty-year-old man got out there in a in a mankini G-banger and and did his thing, and it upset some children, then th- that's kind of fair enough. But the complaint has now snowballed, and now they've got to go through this process. Equester in Australia CEO Darren Gosia has said that we've got to go through the process, but surely you just say, look. Bad thing, bad look. Um, he was having a bit of fun. We don't need a review. The guy's a guy. He knows what he's doing. Let's just move on from here. And by the way, wouldn't the chafing up the kyber Pass be a, enough harsher penalty already? That's the other story this morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is my open line number. There you go, folks. We've got some burning questions on the table this morning. Rugby League, Timmy Mann is going to join me. We'll talk cricket. Happy to take your calls at any time. Back after this.